Business Processes Simplified. It's David Jennings here, your host of the podcast. You're going to be listening to uh, Bill Doer and I talk about his ultimate lead referral system. It's a fantastic system. This particular episode was recorded as many of the episodes are as part of the Business System Summit. So you'll hear a full intro to Bill in a moment. But I wanted to tell you a little bit about Bill because he is a master of referrals and I've had firsthand experience of the uh, the benefit of getting a warm referral from Bill. He's great at cultivating these relationships and then connecting people. There really is no better source of lead than a referral. So you're going to want to take note of his system, particularly around he's going to take you through step number one, creating a profile. Step number two, identifying and building your sources. Step number three, setting up your process and creating the plan. So he'll take you through everything that you need to know to build the ultimate lead referral system. Now, when you think about business as a collection of systems, you'll realize that this particular system would fit into your sales and marketing department or specifically your marketing department. Now, the way that I like to think about uh, business and when you think about the critical client flow, which is actually the first step in my systemology model, uh, when you get down to the final stage of delivering your core product or service, you want to think about then getting them to either repeat and purchase again or refer business to you or both. So I actually feel like the referral system is involved all the way through, not only once you've delivered the product and while you're delivering the product and also right up front to generate new business. So it's a great system. You're going to want to take notes and then incorporate it into your business. Of course, if you want to understand a little bit more about how I view business and the different departments and how everything integrates, you need to get yourself a copy of the system book, Create Time, Reduce Errors, and Scale Your Profits with Proven Business Systems. Just head over to systemology.com forward slash book, and then you can get yourself a copy of either the audio, the hardback, or the Kindle, or all three. You want to get probably multiple copies so you can share it with your staff as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this episode. Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. I'm your host, David Jennings, and in this session, we're going to be chatting with Bill Doer. Now, I was introduced by a mutual friend of ours, Eric Putnam, and Eric said, you've got to get this guy on the summit. He used to be a, a duct tape marketing coach, a Sandler sales associate. He's a rock-solid business coach. I just found out he's a scuba diver and an instrument-rated private pilot. Now, as I've gotten to know Bill, I think where I see one of his biggest skills and talents is he's just a connector. Bill's already done perhaps the warmest introduction I've ever received via email for the, from him introducing me to people within his network. He's just a master of building these relationships that ultimately build referrals, which is obviously really great for business. So without further ado, just let me welcome Bill to the summit. Well, thank you, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here. I know, Bill, you're going to share with us your system for building referrals and um, how that then feeds into to business. There's going to be a lot for us to cover. So maybe <clears> just <throat> to start with, though, I thought 
just get you to outline some of the problems that this particular system aims to solve for business owners, and then we can kind of go through your approach step by step. So the uh, typical person that I work with, Dave, as you probably know from from Eric and others, is uh, someone who's a coach, a consultant, a professional advisor, somebody who has letters after their name, and they're sitting on a brain trust of knowledge and problem-solving expertise. And the challenge, and whether they're an individual solopreneur or they're on a team and working for a company, so a lot of times it's an individual producer but belonging to a team on a, a company-wide corporate situation, their big challenge is that they're, I like to say, they're either working way too hard. Of course, we all think we're doing that, right? But, but they are, they're working harder than they should to get what they're getting. They may be feeling like they're um, working longer than they thought they were going to have to work, or they're just not getting the kind of results that they wanted. And so it becomes kind of a, a diminishing returns proposition. And they're saying, if only I could figure out how to do more business more easily, more quickly, I'd be a lot happier camper. And obviously going to the bank, and I know you've talked with, uh, you know, for example, Glenn Matson with Sandler, closing and, and helping people make decisions is a very important part of revenue generation. But also having somebody to go talk to in the first place is a very critical and maybe even earlier step in the process. So what I do in, in my work is I focus on helping people increase the quantity and improve the quality of opportunities they get in front of where they can convert their competence into compensation. And to do that is uh, kind of my, my life's mission and to help people do that in a way that doesn't make them feel, I jokingly like to say, sleazy, cheesy, or dirty, because sometimes professionals go, you know, I went to, I went to law school, I went to medical school, whatever it is. Um, I shouldn't have to do all this businessy stuff. Well, technically you do because business is business, whether it's a professional practice or it's an individual solo practice. And regardless, if we can help you do that in a way that you can embrace it and use it and leverage it, boom, you're going to go to the town and the bank a lot more often, a lot more money. So that's kind of the, the, the general nature of the kind of people who can appreciate where we're going to end up going with this program and uh, what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And it's, as I said, right in the intro, this is something that I've experienced firsthand. So if we drill into that first step, if you can give us an idea of, yeah, how do we build this pipeline or or this collection of of connections and and how do you start this first phase in the process? Okay. So if you think of four cornerstones to a building, there's four cornerstones to a system that can help you be introducing yourself or getting introduced to other people who look like the kind of people who've in the past been best able to understand what you do, value what you do, desire what you do, and also afford what you do, you know, four important qualities, right? So the cornerstones are these. Number one is a profile. Number two is a source of people who know people who fit the profile that you're trying to reach. Third is a process to follow to process the people that you connect with to connect to the people they can connect you to. And then the last cornerstone is a plan, which is what do I do? When do I do it? With whom, why, and how? Kind of a daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly program that keeps you on top of what you have to do to make this little machine, once you get it running, continue to run. And it's kind of like a a fueling station. It just keeps throwing out more fuel that you can process into clients and revenues for your business or practice. Yeah, perfect. I think already you kind of get an overview of this idea of your system's brain and the way that you've broken it up into the components. So if you think of that that first one around the profiling, and that's 
so key and a lot of business owners already intuitively get that because they think of it in terms of marketing as far mm. as maybe when they're running ads and things like that. But I'd love to get your insights on how you approach this because it's, it is a little bit different when we're talking about connections and relationships and those sorts of things. Yeah, it is. And it's funny, um, you know, as you know, I've got a background in, in marketing areas and a lot of people do think of marketing profiles and they talk about avatars and the ideal client and everything and psychographics, demographics. I mean, it gets pretty crazy real quick, right? But what I try to do is to keep it simple because most of the clients that I work with like to keep it simple. We also do something that's very different. And I say in the profile we're going to be looking for, you don't want to worry about having somebody who has a need or desire even for what you do. And that's usually the first, wait, 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 what, what was that again? I don't want you to even begin to think about somebody who has some kind of a need because what you're going to do is you're going to throw cold water on the person who could connect you to people in their world or their sphere of influence who could be the person that you're trying to have as a client. And so I'll give you a quick example. I call it the two challenge factors. One is people are not psychic. So if you said to me, gee, Bill, you know, you're a financial advisor, Dave, let's say, and you say, hey, Bill, do you know anybody who, who could use my services? That's a kind of a nice, broad statement. But I immediately go, gee, I don't know. Let's see, all my neighbors drive fancy foreign automobiles. They live in big houses. They've all got swimming pools. Gosh, you know, financial advice, I think they're in pretty good shape, Dave. Um, but I'll tell you, give me your cards. And if by chance I run into somebody at the club I and mean, I hear somebody says, I'm looking for a planner, I'll, I'll, I'll give them one of your cards. How's that? And you go, oh, thank God I got out of that one safe, right? And you give them the cards, but you've lost control of the process. So most people are not psychic. And so we don't know who's going to be a good candidate for somebody and who desires you or not, or how current and, and immediate their need is. They might eventually, but we don't usually hear, especially if you're a problem solver. You know, I always say, um, <laughs> if you had someone who was um, a great client uh, or, you know, maybe it's a patient, let's say you're a patient and you love your doctor, Dave, right? And your doctor says, you know, Dave, I can't really do referrals with other doctors. It just doesn't work. We can't advertise, but we can do all the word of mouth promotion we want. Do you feel good about the work we've done? And you go, oh yeah, doc, I love you. It's been great. And then he says, well, would you mind standing up the next chamber meeting or something and, and just telling everybody you're a patient? It'd be so helpful to me. I'd really appreciate the endorsement. And you go, well, sure. And then you go, wait a minute. You're a proctologist, Doc. I don't know if I want to stand up in public and say that I had a problem like that. And it's kind of embarrassing. It's awkward. It's socially you know, inept. So to the degree that somebody says, do you know a good Italian restaurant? Everybody will give you a referral. But if you ask for somebody who can say, help me out, you know, how'd you like to be, if not a proctologist, maybe a divorce attorney or a marriage counselor? Hey, do you know anybody whose marriage is in the toilet? Uh, yeah, I do, but I don't really want to go there because it's going to be, uh, so I'll tell you what, I can't think of anybody, Dave, but let me get back to you. Never, ever. I'm never, ever going to get back to you, right? So we say the heck with it. And the other problem is we've got to make a judgment about somebody not being right, right? If we're problem solvers, we've got to say, who do you know who has a problem? And a lot of times we're just not going to be comfortable making that call. So because people aren't psychic and because they aren't judgmental, you don't want to put them in a position where they have to be either one of those because it's going to kill the whole process of getting introductions or referrals to people who look like the kind of people who can best understand value, desire, and afford you. So those are the two things we do. And, and we use something instead. I don't know if you've got it in Australia, but uh, up here in the States, we've got a, a chain of drugstores called CVS. I think they started out as consumer 
consumer value stores. But I use that as an acronym for what we're looking for. We're looking for people to be described with characteristics that are common to your best clients, visible to the naked eye, so we don't have to make any judgments. And we can tell very easily if somebody has them or not. And the third one is situations that suggest a possible value in knowing you because they might, let's suppose somebody is uh, building a new home. You might say, gee, you know, do you know anybody who's building a new home? Well, if you're putting in paving contractors or renovations or whatever, you could do finishing, fine finishing. That might be the kind of a person who would correlate highly with the kind of person who in the past has been able to embrace what you do. So we're looking for that. And I'll give you, you know, an example. If I said, do you know anybody who drives a Mercedes? You'd either say yes or no, right? Okay. Do you know anybody who owns a sailboat? Maybe one. Maybe. You're not sure. No, look, I do. My cousin does, but he was uh, in the process of selling it. So he might not own it right now. All right. So it's got to be, but we're looking for black and white here, right? So it's either, yes, I do, or no, I don't. Do you know somebody who scuba dives? Well, yes, you do. Do you know somebody who's a pilot? Yes, you do. You know, so it's either, yes, I do, or no, I don't. And once we know somebody has in their sphere of influence, the person with a characteristic that matches up or correlates with the kind of person who can best spend time and money with you, boom, we go for it. But if I said, do you know somebody who's a a commercial airline pilot? And you go, no, I could wail on you all afternoon, Dave. And I would never get an introduction to someone who was a commercial airline pilot because you don't have that person in your world yet. Right? So what we're looking for is just a characteristic. And I'll give you one and then we'll move on. Characteristic. One of the earliest clients I had was a financial advisor and we had him. I like to have a client find four characteristics that somebody might utilize. And they don't all have to be present in the same person, but four characteristics. And so this gentleman had four and he called me up one day and he goes, Bill, I'm I'm just going with one. And I go, Reed, that's not like really smart. You know, you're putting all your eggs in one basket, but just out of curiosity, what is the one that you're going with? And he goes, I ask everybody, and you got to know our neck of the world. It's uh, we're on Long Island Sound, just outside of New York City in Connecticut. You know, we got Long Island as part of strip of New York, just south of Connecticut. He says, I ask, do you know anybody who's got a big ass boat that they keep in a marina on Long Island Sound, forty-two foot or bigger? Why do you ask for that, Dave, or, or you know, uh, uh, Reed? And he said, Well, these guys party all weekend. And I've been meeting up with these guys and I've been having a great time on the weekends. My book has been filling up. I've been getting more assets under management that I can shake a stick at the following week. And so I'm just looking for people who know somebody who's got a big boat. Well, he had a few others. He also said, do you know someone who has a nanny for the kids? Do you know someone who has their kids in private school? And I think the other one was, do you know someone whose second car is a Lexus? Yes. But he was knowing how to identify the kind of person who could best understand value, desire, and afford his kinds of services. And so instead of just saying, do you know someone, he was getting very specific and he was getting right to the heart of, do you know someone who could introduce me to, or you could introduce me to, who would be the kind of person that I'd like to talk to? So that's what the profile consists of. And then the source is this a person we profile just before you move. So, yeah. so for that particular Sorry. step, the takeaway is literally to have a handful of statements that you're aware of that would be connected to that target audience. So if someone had that characteristic, they'd be a good client for you. So, but it's general enough that you can then ask these people that will discover where they come from under source that they can yep. then connect the dots. So that that's really the takeaway. How do we get to those four, four right. at so, least four characteristics? 
And the simpler, the, the better. So, you know, I, I've got one guy who's a, he's a big lawn care company and he just goes, do you know anybody who's got a big lawn? Because <laughs> yeah. people with big yeah. lawns don't take care of the big lawns themselves. And, you know, his value proposition is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll help you have a lawn that'll make the neighborhood annual party deny you access because they'll be all upset with how beautiful your lawn is and theirs looks so crummy. You know, that's kind of his thing where he goes with it. But the point is he's saying, if I'm really offering premium lawn care, I can't go to somebody who has no lawn or a little lawn. I need somebody with a big lawn. So if you know somebody who's got a house on at least one or two acres of land, do you know anybody like that, Bill? And mm, that's how he yeah. finds the people that he's looking for. So each person needs to find the characteristics that correlate with the kind of person who in the past has embraced their value proposition and spent time and money with. Perfect. Make sense? Yeah, crystal okay. clear. And then we move Got to it. that next step, which is around the source. The source. So the source, I'll give you a couple of things here. In general, I'll call them civilians and business people. So civilian sources are people you know in your world, your sphere of influence, who, number one, have to be a raving fan of yours. You know, we, we hear that term a lot, but they know love and trust you, you know, the Mark McCormick idea. The reason for that is because if you go up to somebody, you know, getting an introduction to someone, when McCormick wrote that book, uh, What They Don't Teach You in Harvard Business School, he coined the term no like, and trust, which I thought was John Janch, but it actually came from Mark McCormick, right? And you really understand what trust means. And I changed those no like, and trust to awareness, preference, and confidence. And in order for someone to have confidence in you, which is the equivalent of trust, it means that they they believe that if they buy something from you, they'll get what they what they're paying for. The the value proposition holds true. But the other part of it is that if they refer you to someone or refer someone to you, they won't have to do damage control. Yeah. So you have to build sufficient trust with someone that they will go, Oh, it's just like when, you know, we talked earlier. You know, when Eric said to me, Hey, Bill, I've got this guy in Australia you gotta meet. I was like, Hey, Eric, if you tell me Dave's the man. Dave's the man. And, and you don't have to go, don't, don't sell me anymore. We're done. Um, stick a fork in me, right? He convicted me that if he could tell me, trust me, Bill, this guy, Dave, is somebody you got to know. That's all I had to know. So that's where we leverage the relationships. And that's why we start with a relationship that is based upon someone being a raving fan of yours. If you try to convict the unconvicted, if you try to convert the unconverted, you're going to spend a lot of time and you're not going to get the results you want. So I want to get someone generating fuel for their business or practice very quickly. So I'm going to help start by saying, let's just start with the people who are really warm, fuzzy types for you. And after they're knowing you and after they're loving you and after they're falling in love with your brand, then you can, if they're not there already, then you can go to them and do what we're going to do. But let's start with the people who are already there. So the first characteristic is they've got to be a raving fan. Make sense? Yep. Okay. Second thing is that the person has to be someone who knows the kind of people you want to meet. So before I said, you know, do you know someone who's a commercial airline pilot? If that was who I have to work with and you don't know anybody like that, you're a great guy, but you can't help me. So I've got to find someone who can. So I've got to find people who not only are raving fans, but also well-connected and running in the circles and spheres of influence that I want to be able to get into and develop business from. So that's number two. The third thing is that I've got to have somebody who is what I like to call having gravitas, you know, so that when someone says, you know, I was talking the other day with um, Eric Putnam and, ooh, ah, Eric Putnam, what did Eric say? You know, or I was talking with Dave Jennings. 
what did Dave say? My gosh, Dave, he's so cool. He's got that system hub thing and systemology. Wow. Wow. You've got to have someone who's got potency with their audience because otherwise when you're introducing yourself through them, if somebody says, I'm sorry, Dave, who system, what I might as well be making a, you know, a cold call. Otherwise, it's not going to help. So I'm looking for someone with potency and gravitas. And then obviously, I've got to find somebody who's willing to help. The first three conditions are, can you help me? Are you able to help me? The, the last one is, will you help me? And sometimes people, for any number of reasons, say, you know, I'm really uncomfortable introducing people or, or referring or endorsing people. Okay, you find somebody who will be. And so those are the things for civilians. Now, there's three more that we offer for people who are in a business. And this is where this thing really goes into overdrive. If you're talking to another business owner, a business owner who is calling on and working with the same kind of clientele as you is going to be huge because now you can do cross promotions and you can prefer or refer each other and introduce each other back and forth between your tribes. And so that opens and, and they're because they're commercially minded anyways, they get the idea of growing a business and they go, yeah, you help me, I'll help you make it happen better together than by ourselves. So they've got to have the same clientele. They've got to have the next kind characteristic is they've got to be someone who has a non-competitive or non-conflicting service product or program. So nobody's going to go, wow, you know, you might poach my clients. No, I'm not going to do that because, you know, a CPA and a financial advisor, they probably do different things or um, a building contractor and someone who puts in swimming pools. They're related and they're talking to the same audience, but they're not doing the same thing. So they're not posing a threat to one another. And then, of course, you've got to have someone who's still got a fire in the belly. And by that, I mean, um, I, I just learned this. This is the funniest dang thing. One of, the, one of the guys that I work with, I never knew how old he was. And I assumed he was like maybe, you know, late 60s, but he was still working. And I thought, you know, that's great. Turns out he's 81 years old. He doesn't look it, but he's never given up the fire in the belly. He loves what he does. He's a consulting, you know, group character and he just wants to keep working with people. So he does. He says, you know, why would I want to stop doing what I was built to do and I love to do? And it makes everybody better off for doing it. Makes sense. But I had no idea he was that old. He still has the fire in the belly. I've seen, and I'm sure you have too, right? A lot of people who are probably in their forties going, how do I get my exit plan in place so I can get out of here and spend time down in, you know, in Adelaide or whatever, you know, and go spend time on the surf with the kids. Whatever you want to do, you just got to find another partner who's also willing and committed to growing their business the same as you. Otherwise, one of you will be doing twice the work and the other one gets, you know, half the profits and fun. That's not going to work for long. So those are the characteristics we're looking for in a source. We need to find those people who have those various characteristics. And when you do, those are the people you can go to. You can connect through them to the people who look like the people that we described in the profile. And now we're starting to really make some important and valuable connections with people who can spend time and money with you in the future. And for this second stage, is this as like, are we talking down to the point of having a spreadsheet or a Google doc? You're putting names in there, you're categorizing, you're thinking what criteria does it meet? Or is it, well, let's just start with one or two in each of these different buckets and who's the first person that comes to mind? Or how do you approach that component? I'd like to try and keep it as simple as possible. So I will tell you this, eventually what we try to get someone to have is just eight what we call preferral partners. And the reason for that is because the deal is that let's, so let's suppose you and I are preferral partners, right? And, and here's what that means. 
it means that, uh, you know, we talk and you like the idea. And I say, okay, I'm going to share the system of how I do what I do because you've been wondering how I do it. And, and I'll, I'll help you to do it too. But here's the deal. For us to help one another, Dave, we're going to meet every other month. So pick an odd or an even month. This is what? This is uh, July. So we're talking an odd month. So we'd be talking like January, March, May. You know, it would go through that, right? So one, three, five, seven, nine, so on. Then I'd say pick a week, one, two, three, or four, and then pick a day. So if you said, okay, second week, uh, Thursday. All right. In every one of those odd months, your slot is going to be, we're going to lunch on the third week, the third Thursday of each of those odd months. And when we get together, what you're going to do, it's going to be two months since our last meeting. You're going to bring me a list of people that fit my profile because, right, I've taught you what my profile looks like now. And it's the same profile you're using because it's your clientele too. People that I wouldn't have run into. And I'm going to bring my list for you. And what usually happens is somebody says, well, here's my list, Bill. Where's mine? And by the way, am I buying lunch or are you? So every week you're meeting with one other preferral partner who is introducing you to people who look like the kind of people who can best understand value, desire, and afford you. And you're doing this week after week after week, which means you're fueling and fueling and fueling. It's like stopping off for petrol, uh, you know, on a regular basis, which is what you're doing. Well, you can, you can supplement that with ad hoc situations and people you run into where you go, oh, uh, by the way, I don't suppose you happen to know anybody's a commercial airline pilot, do you? Oh, you do? Oh, really? Well, let me tell you. You can do that if you want, but you can also systematize this so that you're meeting on a regular basis with the same up to eight people. That's all you really need. And because when you do that, you filled up two months and then you just recycle and you start another two-month cycle. And every week you're going to lunch with at least one person who knows, loves, trusts you, works with the same kind of people you do, introduces you to people you have never met, and gives you the endorsement that you're looking for so that when people start off, they say, oh, Dave, oh my gosh, I've heard so much about you. Yeah. That's a nice way to start your business, right? So, um, and this, we, we thought about uh, the source section and you broke them in the two buckets and, and probably yep. the second bucket, which is the, you know, the, the related businesses are probably the ones that are going to fall into the camp of the, the you know, the, the eight. And then above that, um, you've got your raving fans. And obviously, I'm imagining right. the relationship there would, would be a little bit different. It is, but think about it this way. So they're raving fans. They know the right people. They have gravitas and they're willing to help you. The problem is my aunt Tilly may know some people that would be qualified for me to pursue, but she doesn't know that many. And she doesn't have the turnover that someone who's in business does. So I might go back to my aunt Tilly, you know, once a year at Thanksgiving and say, by the way, Aunt Tilly, anybody new you run into who owns a big boat, is a private pilot, you know, has a big lawn or is parents to young kids. And she might say, oh yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, I did meet, there's a new, a new chap moved into the neighborhood. Great. Don't suppose you'd introduce me, but she's not going to be as viable and as steady as the person who's also in business. That's why we say, if you only get eight people who are in a complimentary business, the system runs itself. Anything beyond that is gravy. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So we get very clear on those questions that we need to ask. We then identify where those sources are and set up the mechanisms to have some form of contact so that we're in a position to effectively ask those questions or remind of those questions or create a mechanism to make sure that it's, it's been actually implemented. Exactly, exactly. And- 
and then we move into the next stage? Yeah, so the next stage is then we want to put up a process. And, and I'll, I'll just give you the quick outline of the steps of the process. Yeah. And then, you know, if you want to expand on that, we can certainly do so. So the first thing in the very beginning of setting this thing up, you want to do the identification, identification of people who are potential sources for you. So you start thinking about, and you know, when I go through this as a coaching process, we, we put people through uh, some exercises to start generating a list of, you know, who do you know who fits one or more of the profiles that we're looking for as a source, not as a, not as a prospect, but as, as a source. And they start getting that. And then the, once you identify that, then you want to approach those people. And usually because you know these people, it's very easy. You can either just call them up and say, you know, Dave, I've been thinking about you. I've got a challenge in my business. I'm trying to work out some things. I'd like to be able to know if I could pick your noodle a little bit and, um, you know, see what thoughts you have on it. Can we schedule a time to get together? And that's where we're going to meet. And I'll find out if you, A, you know, meet my criteria and B, if you're willing to help support my outcomes. So those are the first two things that we want to end up doing. Then we have a meeting and the meeting is a meeting. We use a a very simple one page discussion guide and it keeps us focused. And most of the time people don't even use it once they learn it, but it's designed to help me find out if you're the kind of person who could be of value to me. And that is, do you know the kind of people that I'm looking for? Are you willing to help me? Do you have gravitas, et cetera? And possibly might you be interested in or qualified to be one of my preferral partners? So we're going to figure that out. And then we're going to start putting people into people I can come back to like on Tilly periodically, but not that often. And others that I might want to try and formalize a more regular meeting process with them because I can help them, they can help me, and we can help one another grow faster together than we can by ourselves. So that's what the discovery gets out of. And then we're also going to do two things. We're going to not only identify, are you willing to help and all? Do you know the kind of people I want to meet? But are you also willing and able to do that? And once we get those two characteristics out of that meeting, that you know the right people and you're willing to help me, I'm going to show, it's a little more detail than I want to go into, but we'll show you how to get an introduction from that person to the people in their network or their sphere of influence who look like the people who fit your profile characteristics. And so now you've got these people that Eric has said you should go talk to, you know, just like you said, uh, Jeet, you know, well, Eric said, you know, hey, Bill, do you know anybody we should be talking to? And here's what we're looking for, someone who, and he described a couple of people, and we described like Joanna Brandy and Walt Hampton and Glenn Matson, And, you know, and once you have that target, right, now I know where to drop the ordinance. Now I can fly in and do my thing. So that's what we're looking for. And so the next thing is you want to approach those people. And I will tell you that the most amazing thing is it's a bit old world, but it works really not old school rather, I should say, is you send that person you've just gotten the name of a letter. If you can do it by snail mail, all the better. I don't recommend emails because you probably aren't going to get through their spam filters. And I don't recommend calling out of the blue, but the letter is very short and sweet. And the most important part of it is the very bottom. It says, uh, uh, you know, I'll call you in a, in a week to introduce myself and we'll see where the call goes and where it does is up to you. P.S. Prior to my calling, you might like to refer to Eric Putnam concerning who I am and what I do, which if you think about it, Dave, is really all anybody who's acting as an endorser or a recommendation is going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll tell somebody who you are and what you do. The reality is, is that the first question you get when you call that person, which is the next step, you send the, the note and then you follow up with a phone call and you say, hi, this is Bill Doerr. I was talking recently with Eric. Oh, yeah. Hey, how do you know Eric? 
They won't have called Eric. And I even put the person's phone number in there saying, you know, just to show if you wanted to, you could. But they don't. They're lazy. I don't know. They're busy, whatever. But they go, yeah, how, so how do you know Eric? Oh, well, well, let me tell you about how we first met. And now it's like, oh, we're on the inner circle. And here's a cool thing that I, you know, this is one of my little fun secrets. I always say, tell me something about uh, this person you're introducing me to that would not appear on a public record. And so the reason for that is because I'm going to find a way to drop that in the conversation. And all of a sudden, they're going to go, whoa, you know about my house in Queensland, the one with the two swimming pools? Okay, not everybody knows that about you, Dave, but I now know that. And I just shared that with you. So what you know is I'm in your inner circle. We've just never met, but I'm in your inner circle. So we've just really ramped up the relationship factor considerably because I've leveraged what I learned from Eric about you. Now, I don't know if you really do have a house in Queensland with two pools, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, it could be that you keep a pet alligator. I don't know, but something where you collect stamps, it does not matter, you know, that you're an incredible global entrepreneur, which is true. But the point is that you're, you're going to share something that wouldn't appear in a public record. That's not embarrassing, immoral, embarrassing, or illegal or anything like that. But it is something that says to somebody, okay, this is a very special person. They know something about me that not anybody knows, but people in my inner circle tend to do. So now we start off at a very higher level right from the get-go. And that's how we start the conversation. And then at some point, you're going to find out the next step is, okay, qualify this person as being viable for you or not. And if so, then you have to process them accordingly. And I'll give you an acronym for the processing, which is ACT. You want to act on this new introduction, right? And ACT is either you activate them by putting them into an active sales pipeline. You know, it happens sometimes. I usually say I have my seatbelt on because sometimes I call a person who I wasn't planning on having a need to know. And they say, oh my gosh, your timing is incredible. Yeah, we were thinking about putting an addition on the house and we were looking for a remodeler. And it's amazing that Eric just, you know, mentioned us to you. That's great. Can we talk? And it's like, then I fall off the chair and I hurt myself. So I have my seatbelt on, right? But that's only going to be 10% of its time, if that. The other thing that could happen, and the other extreme in the bell-shaped curve, is somebody is going to share something that makes them a, it's a knockout factor. You know, if you're a financial advisor and someone says, well, you know, my wife is actually with, um, you know, NatWest Bank and the head of uh, personal finance and banking, and she takes care of all of our financial matters, probably not going to go too far after that. So it might be best to say, well, thank you very much. Have a nice day. And then report back to Eric on what happened, which is the last piece of the step. Um, but the other thing is that a lot of times people say, gee, Dave, you know, gosh, the systemology thing sounds so exciting and it's really good. But you know, right now we're in the middle of a few things. I'd like to talk to you about it, but not at the moment. And that's your opportunity to say, how do I manage to stay in your mind without getting in your face? And that's called following up. It's called nurturing. It's called cultivating. Because 80% of the time, the new introduction you make, remember, I'd like to say to people, we meet people by introduction, not by crisis. They may not necessarily need you right now. But if they're the kind of person who looks like the person who in the past has spent time and money with you, sooner or later, they will. And if you're not the one who comes back to mind when they have that need to know, it's going to go to some one of your competitors. And that's not good. So we say permission to come aboard. We want to stay in mind, not in face. And you outline how you will cultivate that person, get them to sign off on it and put them into the system. And now they're going to be warmed up and brought back periodically to have a servicing call, which is a little different from most. Most people think of calling them up again and saying, you know, hey, are you ready to buy? We do servicing from a true standpoint. I, and I, I have to give this 
credit to Walt Hampton. Walt has taught me about how to live in service to clients. And so what we do is we say once a quarter, this is our follow-up, one of several things, but it's a core thing. If you did nothing else and you did this, you'd blow away most of your competition in any field. You call up people once a quarter and you say, hi, Dave, Bill here. How you doing? That's one question. Second question is, how can I be of service to you? What are you working on that I might be able to help you with? And if I can't, the third question is, would I possibly know someone who could be of value to you? That's my network of experts. That's how building relationships with others and introducing them to people who need to know them when they have a need to know develops business and values and goodwill for everybody. So that's what we do on a quarterly basis. And sooner or later, that person will either call you up or you will make a quarterly call. You're only three months away and you're going to be at the right time at the right place when they're ready to say, you know, God, Dave, I'm really, it's amazing your timing. It's just incredible. You know, we were just talking with Marge the other day about how we ought to be able to, and you're going to say, Jake, don't suppose you want to invite me in. And they say, well, yeah. And then you say, I'm looking at next Thursday. What are you looking at? And then you're back in the active selling cycle. So it's a process of creating the fuel that fuels the, opportunities, even if the initial contact was not a quote-unquote hot-to-trot situation. And oftentimes, most of the time, it isn't. But sooner or later, it will be if you take a strategic viewpoint and you look at the lifetime value of an account or a relationship, it will produce not only business, but also referrals and introductions to other people if you keep in touch and stay in mind. So that's where we're going with the rest of the process. Kind of feels like uh, that almost in itself that's a subsystem there because there's a, a series of stages or steps that go through to just get yep. something continually being, I don't know if farming is the right word, but but continually moving through this process and clear what the next step is and, okay, now we need to at least get on their radar. I think offline is a great way to break through the noise because a lot of people just don't do it these days. That first mm-hmm. connection, I did want to ask, when it comes to that first phone call, so let's say you've mailed something out and you're making the phone call, at that point, is it just more of an introduction? You're obviously not trying to sell them at that point because you don't necessarily know that they have a need for your right. service right now. So how do you handle that call or or you know, getting very clear on the, the purpose of it? So the, the letter that goes out, and, you know, I'll, I'll send you a copy of it so you see what it looks like. But it basically says this. It says, you know, uh, uh, dear Dave, in a recent conversation with Eric Putnam, your name came up in the conversation frequently and, by the way, very favorably. Eric suggested that I introduce myself to you, and so with this letter I am. Please understand, I was given no indication you have any need for my services, and in fact, I'm going to assume you probably don't. Eric did, however, suggest you're a good person to know, and I'll follow up in a few days, say hello, and where the call goes from there is entirely up to you. Sincerely, Bill. P.S. Prior to my calling, you might like to refer to Eric concerning who I am and what I do. That's what goes out. It's not on your company letterhead. It's just on a white sheet of paper. They have no clue what the hell you are. They might call Eric and say, who is this guy? But they really do. They, they, they really rarely do that because, I don't know, they just don't. But they usually are curious as to how the heck did you and Eric get together and what's your relationship with Eric? And that's why the conversation starts off like, oh, you think about it. We're at a big party. Life is a big party, my friend, right? So you're on the other side of the room and Eric says, see that guy over there, Dave? Yeah, cool guy. Systemology. Thing. Oh my God, it's amazing. Why don't you go over there? I got I to gotta get the car, but go over, introduce yourself and tell him, tell him Eric sent you. Okay. Hi, Dave. <laughs> you don't know me. I was talking with Eric Button. Just, oh my God, how do you know Eric? 
See, that's what it is. Only we're not in a big room at a big party, but life is a big room with a big party, and that's how we deal with it. So that's how we make this happen. Yeah, perfect. I, I love um, at each one of these, you've got it quite well thought out. I think towards the end as well, we'll, we'll point people in the right direction to grab some of these resources to, to be able to go deeper on this. As yep. we move to that, the next stage or the, the final stage in this four-step process, can you tell us a bit about that? So the plan is really, it's two things. One is obviously the plan of setting up a calendar and, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I can't believe I got a cough like this in the middle of summertime up here, connecting with those people on a regular basis. So if you have these eight people, you have one preferral partner a week for you know eight weeks, and then you recycle and you do it again and again and again. So that's the basic plan. The other part of it is just having a daily schedule of who do you send a note to? Who do you have to follow up with a, what I call you know the, uh, the initial call sequence? And who or what you do to keep in touch and stay in mind. And that's, you know, it, it's basically to me planning in this stage is, is not the process, but the actual plan itself. And that is what do I do? When do I do it with whom, why, and how, and the how, uh, apropos of what I think you advocate is to the extent, greatest extent possible, uh, delegate the system once it's built so that it keeps cranking, but you can take your time and devote it to the more important things nobody else can do, like maybe making those follow-up phone calls. Because I would not delegate the quarterly calls to other people. By the way, you're not going to have thousands of people. It's, I mean, you may be emailing thousands of people, but you'll probably have an inner circle of high opportunity, high quality people that you do want to develop and keep that relationship going with. So those are the things that will come into a, it's basically a daily activity plan that can either be automated with, uh, we used FileMaker software or others use other kinds of CRMs. But once you know what the system is supposed to do and you have a system you can run, you just put the two ideas together and then you have a system that tells you what to do, when to do it, with whom, why, and how. And you're done. Stick yep. a fork in it. So the, the last step then is really just about yeah, bringing together the technology pieces, the human pieces, just to make sure that everything's clicking together and will operate like a machine to continue mm -hmm. to deliver that result. I mean, that, that's the, the, the game here is you've developed a system or process and everybody's busy. We, we know this is an effective system or process. So how do we make sure that it's the most effective use of your time? And that's kind of the last piece that joins it all together. Okay. I'm not sure exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. I, I think I was just trying to, to summarize there that last piece. So it, it's quite clear now the stages someone has to go through as far as the four steps in this process. This is actually part of a a larger system that we talked about right at the start. And I think we were just going to focus in just on this piece, but it might be useful because it's almost like when you, you know, give somebody the idea or a new idea, you want to explain the tree so they understand, you know, where the branches are and Got where it. to hang the leaves off. So perhaps th okay. that might be a good way to kind of close out, to kind of explain a bit more of this tree now. Okay, and what and what I'll do is I will send the graphic of that to Christian, so you'll have that for reference, and you can either use that or make up something that'll support it. But here's what I would suggest then. So we've been talking about how to generate the fuel on which your lean, mean client or business machine is going to run, right? What the fueling does 
is provide you with a way to get opportunities to go and pursue. And so I, I have these five little elements that the fueling gives you people that you can go after. And the next thing is, besides fueling, is qualifying. And qualifying goes back to what we said earlier. You have to qualify that somebody, if you're going to spend time, money, and effort, and energy, and love, and everything else on them, the return on the investment has to come back in two forms. One is purchases. Can they buy something that you have? And can they introduce or refer you to people who could? And hopefully both, but at least one or the other. If they cannot buy and they cannot refer you, you got to ask yourself, they may be wonderful people, and I'm sure they are, but they're not going to support your business objectives. So qualification is like a little filter that once you generate the fueling, the some of it gets held in particulate and other parts go through. If it goes through, then you're looking at that process of are they active to be cultivated or to be terminated. We've already figured out the termination part right at that qualification step too. So now it's a matter of cultivation and cultivation is what you and I talked about with the idea of the quarterly calls, but also the handwritten notes. Um, you know, we have a system uh, that sends out a weekly email with a very high open rate because it's an unusual kind of an email that people like, but it keeps putting your face and reminds people of you. So you're only one week away from being able to pick up the phone and say, hey, Dave, now's the time I want to do that systemology thing with you. So you've got a whole system for cultivation. And then periodically, people will, and this is another thing that I learned from Walt, people develop a need to know on their own timing. So if you look at that lifetime value, then you've got to figure out how do I help people make a decision when they're ready to decide. And on a macro level, it's do they need what I do? And on a micro level, it's do they want to get it from me? And of course, if I built my relationships with them, all things being equal, as Mark McCormick says, it ain't equal. It's definitely an unfair game and you're in charge. So that's why we're building all these keeping in touches and staying in minds and building preference for the brand called you, because when the time does come and it will, then you want to have the one standing at the end and walking down the aisle with the roses and the tiara be you. And that's something one of your competitors. And then the last step is servicing. And servicing is, like I said, it's where you not only develop the way to remind people you're not always calling to try and say, hey, have you got some money for me? But it's how can I be of service to you? Because most people say all things being equal, I'd rather spend money and time with somebody who wants to be of service to me than just wants my business. I mean, business is great, but I'd like somebody who really wants to have a, you know, a relationship. And also that gives you an opportunity to leverage your network of experts and every time you do that, you build reciprocity. Now they're saying, well, gee, Dave, how do I return the favor? I mean, you've already said earlier and very graciously, gee, Bill, you know, we, we need to talk outside of this because there's things I sense you could be doing and we could be doing that would benefit both of us and all of our communities together. And that's true. But it's because we built that reciprocity. So you're always looking for ways to create servicing and servicing generates more opportunities for fueling because now people are saying, how can I help you? You say, well, you don't happen to know any commercial airline pilots, do you? <laughs> so that's the full circle and it comes around. Yeah, yeah perfect. I, I, this is an area like we all know as business owners that a, a warm introduction and a, you know, a, a referral is infinitely easier to work with, lower cost. Um, you usually get the best result for them. So it's very much a, a win-win. Yet I think the reason most people 
don't give much attention to it is because they don't have a system and process to do it. So they default to, well, maybe I'll just run some more Facebook ads or Google ads to try and get new people in the door. But I think like many things, when you look at it and you put it under the microscope mm. and you find there's a system there, and that's, that's what I appreciate you doing, Bill, just sharing with us this system that very clearly you've built and developed over time. This is not something that's happened by accident. So if people want to find out more, where's the, the best place for them to head to find out more about your system and processes and go a bit deeper on the subject? Well, just uh, the best thing is probably stop off the website, which is getnewclientsnow.com. If you kind of off the record here for a second, if you want to set up something that is germane to the uh, the business summit, I'll be more than happy to set up something for that. But I mean, that's a good place to start. It's got my value proposition right there on the front page. And um, there's any number of ways to uh, reach out. Now, if you want to do something as a sort of a, here's something you can't get otherwise, but because of being involved with the business summit, you can, I'll be happy to set up that. But I, I didn't know what that might look like yet. So that hasn't been built, but I'd be happy to do it. Yeah, perfect. Well, let's have a look at, um, I reckon we can combine the two things and, and you can almost teach me by by way of example and me doing it. I think <laughs> as people are watching this, we'll say to them, email me, David Jennings. I will give you a warm introduction to Bill if you're perfect. the right category and the right person and Bill will have arranged something very unique for you, whether it's we might get some templates or a process or something that that will just yeah get you off on the right foot and connect you with Bill. So is there anything that comes to mind, Bill, that we might be able to share whether or not like by, by getting in contact with you, do you have a, you know, some <clears throat> documentation or a system or something or an additional audio or training? You've, oh, yeah. you've got all of the above. It's a matter of thinking of which one we'll share. Well, so here's the thing. I mean, I've got, um, I've, I've got a lot of reports, you know, special reports kind of a thing. And I've got, um, different things on, on the, you know, um, how to get more referrals in a month than most advisors see in a year, you know, without feeling sleazy, cheesy, or dirty. That's one of my reports that was really targeted originally for financial advisors. Although in the last couple of years, the compliance departments have really so scared most of them that they're just, they're, they're so afraid to do anything that the home office or head office won't allow that they, they, they just kind of like, you know, they've got tunnel vision now. They just stop and they're, they've lost their appeal for me, to be honest with you. But that report, or I've got others, uh, how to build a network of influence. And that talks to the service of the expert directory, which is that sort of little behind the scenes, little black book that says, I, I, I just need you to come see good old Dave. And no matter what you need, if you need an aeronautical medical engineer uh, with an aerospace background, come see Dave. Dave will find out. I don't know how he does it, but he always finds people like that. That's what the expert directory does, and that's we can offer that. So I'd be happy to offer anything that would be valuable and also a way to identify somebody who has an interest in learning more, and we'll, we'll follow up Let, from there. One thing we might just do, because I'm going to edit this last little bit of the video, because when you said, oh, 
off the record, you actually mm-hmm. meant off the record. And I was still talking as though <laughs> it was recording. So what we'll do mm-hmm. is I'm thinking the, the, the last thing I had said was, you know, where Take would two. people want to go to find out more? Let's, do you have either a website address or something? And let's pick one of those things or maybe a suggestion on, you know, do we want them to email you directly? Or I'm just thinking that way it's, it's very clear to them <clears throat> What if we did this? What if we did um, a URL and we'll set up a nice page and it will be, um, you know, getnewclientsnow.com slash system hub. Perfect. Or or business, you know, summit, summit, whatever you want to put in there. And then we'll put together a real nice offering of packages related to this. And then I'll know if they're going to that page and they're getting whatever it is, compliments of of, uh, system hub that I'll know that those people need to be followed up with and we'll, we'll work them until one of us coughs up or gives up. Perfect. All right. So that, uh, let's do that one. So let's go. We can just jump in. I'll re-ask the question, but then if you want to okay. just jump in and, and let's point them to, yeah, I'm thinking something like slash, maybe something like BSS, um, which is Business Systems Summit, maybe something like that's easy. Or the only thing I don't like about it is the acronym <clears throat> BS. So um, yeah, maybe... Well, uh, and, and, and it's all it's always subject to... Uh, mis- is there a reason we can't use some... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> system Hub? Perfect. No, let's... let's all right. Let's, 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 let's build a brand. Come on. Yep. I mean, that's what, we sh- what we're here for. So we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. And I'll do the uh, forward slash system hub. And by the time that airs, we'll have that page up, approved by you and uh, rock them, sock them, knock them out. Happy, happy moment. And they'll go, wow, this is so cool. It's exactly what I was hoping for. And then some. Perfect. So I'll, I'll re-ask the question and then I'm going to cut that whole chunk out. So we'll just go. Got it. Um, All right. Uh, so Bill, yeah, if people want to find out more about, you know, the work that you're doing, where's the best place for them to go? Oh, great question. Thanks for asking, Dave. <laughs> Appreciate it. I would say the best thing is to go to our website and we have a special page we've set up just for people who are coming in from the uh, summit as a courtesy from you. So if you would go to get new clients now, dot com forward slash system hub that will get you to a page that is not in the normal menu but it will provide you with some opportunities and some goodies that i think you'll enjoy and um, you'll certainly be uh, happy you you ended up there perfect well bill a big thank you again for your time very generous with your ideas we'll put a link in the show notes so people can head over and and check out that little bonus package and no doubt we'll be in touch soon Thanks, Bill. Excellent. Thank you, Dave. You've just been listening to the System Hub podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.